I'm going deep at the We are finally back. Any given Monday after a long break is finally back. A lot to catch up on. I'm going to try to keep it short. Uh, I move over to Fire Pit Collective. So lucky to be a part with Matt Janella and Alex Upegi and Laz and Alan Shipnick. I mean, it's been a crazy ride. I'm so appreciative of it. I mean, I'll have a budget to do things. We're going to get back to doing podcasts weekly. I mean, we just have a lot of exciting things coming up. Thanks again to Good Walk Coffee for supporting me. I just can't thank them enough. The team at Good Walk has been awesome to me. It's great coffee, and you should support them. We saw that there are plenty of people making great coffees, and a lot of the coffee companies solely base their brand around the quality of their coffee. Um, but we knew quality coffee was just going to be the the cost of entry for us. And so we wanted to make a, a coffee that someone could choose that also intersected with another passion point that they had. Um, what made golf different when we thought about it was that um, it's beyond just a hobby. It's beyond a sport. Um, it's something that envelops our whole lives, uh, the lives of people involved in it. And uh, is something that we thought that people would want to celebrate every time they opened a bag in the morning or, or had a cup of Good Walk Coffee. Uh, go to goodwalkcoffee.com and use the promo code FIREPIT, FIREPIT for 20% off your complete order. I thought about a lot about the first podcast that we would do, and I really think it just had to be Cowboy Qualifier. For those that don't know, at the Valero Texas Open, somebody sent me a picture from the pre-qualifier. There was a guy dressed in complete cowboy garb, a hat, uh, a button-down shirt with pearl snaps, pants, everything. He used a knife to fix his divots. I mean, the whole thing was pretty great. So we found him on Instagram, reached out to him, and he agreed to come on the podcast. And this isn't a character. Uh, this is not a guy who's has a YouTube channel or anything he barely is on social media I mean, this is just a cowboy who wants to play pro golf you're gonna hear his 35 minutes and it's just spectacular i can't stop listening to it i've listened to three times so without further ado pretty excited about what we have it uh going we're gonna start doing these weekly again uh, a lot of exciting guests there's gonna be some serious topics some serious stories, but also ones like this. So uh, without further ado, Gus Gonzalez, the Cowboy Qualifier. Welcome back to Any Given Monday. We are with what the internet uh, knows him as, the Cowboy Qualifier. Uh, Gus Gonzalez. Gus, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you. First of all, let's just start with, do you know that you're like, did you know or did someone tell you you became like an internet sensation? To be honest with you, uh, no. Um, 
I don't really use the whole internet thing quite often. So sure. to be honest with you, it, it, uh, one of my friends uh, said, hey, uh, I found this meme. I was like, oh, okay. He showed it to me. I was like, you know, I thought that was pretty hilarious. Made sense. Um, kind of reminded me of, I mean, just, you know, the lifestyle I live and things like that. I was like, I oh, don't know. It makes perfect sense. But other than that, I mean, that was pretty much just about it um, for the most part. All right. So let's talk about the let's talk about the outfit that made you who you are, whether you know it or not. I mean, you've become a, a very popular uh, person on my site. It, it got onto like golf media sites and those kind of things. So when you play mm-hmm. golf, do you always dress in cowboy garb? Do you dress like that when you go and play a nicer course? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, you have to. It's just it's it's my normal golf attire. I mean, maybe whenever I'm practicing, you know, on the range, or uh, I get out of work and I kind of just head to the links. You know, I'm, it's kind of hard to put all that kind of stuff together. But as far as tournament or uh, you know, going to an actual event, you know, where I have a job that I need to do and I need to get it done, that's when you bust out the starch and get get your gear ready and all that kind of good stuff. Make sure you look presentable, ready to do some work and it'll go from there. <clears throat> All right. So let's talk. I mean, that right there is great insight. So do you iron? I mean, when you say starch, I don't even know what that means. So help me out with that. Uh, well, down here in Texas, um, uh, whenever people show up to, uh, well, I guess just work in general, you know, you wake up, you, you, you like your, your pants to pretty much stand up by themselves. Cause how much starch they got on them. <laughs> um, as far as your your shirt too, it just I don't know it just I don't I mean that's just the way you do it. My father did it like that. My grandfather did it like that. Uh, I have cousins that do it like that, and uh, it's a way to let you let the other people know, hey, I'm here to work, I'm here to do my job, I'm here to look presentable, and um, just I guess that's pretty much pretty much all it is. I mean, it just it just says, hey, I'm here for business. If that makes sense, starch. There's a lot of cowboys that wear starch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. So where did the knife come from? So I, to give you some insight, somebody you played with sent me a message that said uh, he replaces his divots with a, with a knife. I mean, how does it work? What do you do? The, the, the knife was kind of the last piece of the costume, to be, to be completely honest with you, if you, if you want to call it that. Um, I carry a knife with me every day. Uh, on and off the golf course. I mean, you could use them for various reasons, obviously with ranch work and things like that, you know, a knife is pretty, pretty handy. Um, so with that said, I was practicing one time and I had my belt and, um, uh, you know, you make a divot or whatever. I was like, you know, I use this knife for damn near about everything off the golf course. I bet you we could fix the divots pretty darn well. So I just used it as a normal div fixture, and I was like, you know, I'll be damned. That works. So now the knife is functional on the golf course. It goes right there on my uh, right there on my side, little pocket knife. I love it. And we're gonna get into like how you started golf and all those kind of things, but I think we got to finish like what made you become like the 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 sensation that you are. So. You have a staff bag, a Titleist bag, and you have iron covers. Where mm-hmm. where did the staff bag come from? Why the iron covers? I mean, let's let's get right. into all of it. 
I used a, a golf set in high school that was, I guess you could say antique, and I really didn't pay a whole lot of money for them. I bought them from my, from my golf coach. Uh, it was just roughly about $200. And um, they were blades. They're, they're nice. They're sweet. Mizuno MP14s. I think Tiger used them his amateur year. It was a long time ago. Anyways, um, so when I started working and all that good stuff, mm-hmm. I started sweating for my, for my dollar. Uh, I decided to get myself a decent pair of golf clubs, you know, especially if I want to do this for a living and all that good stuff. And there was just something about it was like, you know, be ashamed to get all these things cleaned up and banged up. And they look so pretty the way they look right now, you know, being a Titleist uh, blade and all that good stuff. And it wasn't even my idea. It was the, 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 the guy who was um, assisting me uh, getting fitted. He said, you know, you should get some iron, iron covers. And my caddy was like, at the time, he was like, yeah, I've been telling him too, but he doesn't listen. He likes to cling. I was like, well, I am paying a lot of money. I was just, at first, I was like, eh, well, it don't matter. I mean, I, I don't care too much. And then they, they just kind of stuck. And then before you knew it, I think it had been about, two or three months and people are like, Hey, did you just get those? Are those brand new? I was like, no, I've been for a long time. Just, they got iron covers. He's like, Oh, okay. That makes some sense. He's like, well, mine has iron covers. How come they don't look like yours? Like, Cause they're not stainless steel blades. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. Okay. And so that, that's all. It was just to keep the, the pretty finish on the blade to make them look brand new. Every time I bust them out, got a shine. I could shave in them if I wanted to. Um, and then just when you buy everything Titleist, I mean, you, they gave me a half off on the on the bag. So I, I just went with the staff bag. Do you generally have a caddy at the pre-qualifiers or in events you play? Or how do, like, how do you – or do you carry a staff bag? Uh, no, I'll, I'll – if it's a pre-qualifier, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have a caddy. Uh they all, they don't recommend carrying the bag. They rather me ride in the cart and then just kind of walk along. I mean, which I mean kind of makes sense, you know. Um, I do like to walk uh, throughout my rounds, but the caddy I, I'm with right now, he's it's like, no, save your legs, this and that. I don't want you walking. You know, stay off your feet and things of that sort. And that's how uh, that came about. Who's your caddy, and and does he does he travel with you? Ever like to did he go to Torrey or did he go to the farmers with you? Did he go to Valero? Did he go to Byron? He went to all those places with you? He didn't go to uh the farmers, but he did go to the Valero and he did go to uh the Byron. Uh at the Valero he didn't notify himself as a caddy. I didn't know that that was a rule or something, and one of the guys called him out and said, Hey, you can't be helping him out or this and that, or else we're gonna DQ him. Um, it was one of the players I was playing with. Actually, the guy that sent you the, that text message or picture that said that I, I fixed all my divots with, with my, my, my knife, yeah. he, his caddy told him, hey, you can't be doing that. Yep. You know, da, 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 da. And he was like, oh, okay. So anyways, but other than that, uh, he, he's pretty much there with me. He plays at the same club with me, so he knows my game fairly well. I mean, now I'm not going to say completely. I mean, we've only known each other for, I guess, almost a year now. All right, so I mean, let's just get back to where you started in golf. When did you first start to play the game? I think I was ten years old or eleven years old. Uh, my parents divorced, so uh, uh, my mom moved into the city. Even though it's not much of a city, you know, Alice, it's 
small population, but it has a has two golf courses, and uh, she lived next to one of them. So whenever I come here to my mom's, um, it was literally like the backyard. And you know, growing up on a ranch and you know in a smaller town and things like that, and you know, playing things like football and you know just small town stuff. You you, you would uh, you would assume that golf wouldn't be pretty much in the mix for me. So it was just kind of like, Oh, well, I guess I'll kind of try it. I mean, it's right here. You know, I'm not going to stay inside all day. So, uh, I kind of was hitting the ball every now and again from about 12 to 13, right around to 14 years old. I was like, all right, I kind of want to really learn how to play and things like that. I didn't get serious till my sophomore year in high school. And that's when I really started to practice longer hours and things like that. And, you know, the whole nine, you know, you get addicted and you're just out there four hours a day, just, you know, doing the whole deal. And I played through my high school years uh, with playing a South Texas PGA. It's like a junior thing for, uh, for younger kids, um, you know, to get the whole feeling of like PGA golf and things like that. It's, it's USGA regulated and, all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, I did that. And then I graduated, played some more of those events. And then I went to college here. It was a local college here, close to Ben. And uh, they didn't have a golf team. I had a, uh, I had a hunch from a coach to go play college golf in Laredo. And then also another one to go uh, down South towards the Valley. And I was, you know, that was definitely on the mind, you know, obviously, but uh, I mean, nothing as far as scholarships or anything like that. So I continued going to school and um, right around that time, I took my player's efficiency test to become a golf pro. I did fairly well in that. And uh, from that point on, I started playing in uh, mini tours and uh, pre-qualifiers and things like that. And I was, you know, I don't know why, but just had a feeling, you know, most of the golfers that I meet who play in college and, you know, uh, even D1 at that and, you know, all those kind of things, most of them don't really make it to the PGA Tour uh, straight out of college. Uh, it's typically uh, the cream of the crop, which is, I mean, like 10%. You know, you get your Matt Wolf and Jordan Spieth and uh, Justin Thomas, you know, the, those guys are top of the top of the top of the top of all the collegiate players. Well, most of the, most of the collegiate players that I've found uh, – getting their ways through Monday qualifiers, Q school, uh, um, mini tours and things of that sort. So I started taking, taking a liking to those things pretty early. I was around 18, 19 years old when I started those type of things. And fast forward all the way now, I'm 23 years old. So I've been doing that for quite a while. Um, also, I mean, you know, working and things of that sort. And that's pretty much it. Just been pre-qualifiers and uh, mini tours and things of that sort. A lot of work. <laughs> let's go back to let's go back to high school. What kind of player? Like when you're you're a senior in high school, what kind of player were you? What's your average? All those kind of things. Uh, my average, I guess you could definitely say, was mid seventies, seventy fives. I mean, yeah, you'll get your even par rounds. I mean, in there. I mean, it's not like that was hard or anything like that. I mean, especially for a kid who plays every single day. Um, but I, I guess you could go ahead and say that just, you know, 
mid seventies, things like that. Um, most of the guys in our district or anything like that weren't shooting under par. So that was, I mean, for us, that was fairly good. Um, for me at least, um, definitely knew I needed a lot more work done. Um, with that said, but you know, that I, I was our number one, uh, my senior year. And I do believe my junior year, I went back and forth from being number one to number two, number one to number two. I forgot his name. I think his name was John Hadamio, but that was pretty much it. What what kind of course did you grow up on? I grew up on a municipal golf course. It is 18 holes. It's not very hard, um, but it was something. And uh, it was close. I had a range, and that's where I did most of my um, – Crafting, if you could say, you know, things of that sort. It's just a municipal golf course here in here in Alice. Um, they have a country club here too, which I play at now. But uh, growing up, I mean, it was, I mean, it was right there in my backyard. So I, you know, I didn't, I didn't think twice of anything. The greenskeepers kept trying to run me off or <laughs> trying to hit balls after dark and, and things like that. Um, I kept saying yes, sir, and back the next day, back the next morning, get off, yes, sir. Back the next morning, eventually they just gave up. It's like this kid's not going anywhere. We just might as well just let him let him play through. So um, now you belong to the country club uh, there. Correct. And what's that like? I mean, how long is the course? Is it in good shape? You know that that one actually uh it is not very very long, um, but uh, to me the greens are pretty darn sweet. I. Uh, I think our greenskeeper does a very good job with those greens. I, I would even put those greens at some of the golf courses we play at uh, with uh, pre-qualifiers. I mean, they're superb. Um, that, that was one thing that I uh, definitely liked. So, you know, you get to see how the ball reacts, you know, when you actually strike it well into a good green and see if it checks, releases, all that good stuff, and actually know what it feels like to stroke a putt rather than jab at it and try to get it to the hole because you know it's going to be bump, bumping all over the place. Um, yeah, uh, I like it. Like I said, it's a nine hole course. Um, it's a lot of trees, got some fairly, uh, fairly difficult holes, not a whole lot, uh, very windy. And that's one thing that definitely got a factor in or makes it a little bit more challenging, but, uh, yeah, the, the greens are superb. You put that pin in certain spots. I mean, it's guys who play there every single day will, It'd be difficult for them to even uh, break par because those greens are just superb, like fast lightning, and they, they they hold their line. So, put the pin in some difficult spots that I've I heard a lot of a lot of cursing from from the members being like, you know, screw that uh, greenskeeper, he's such a jackass, blah 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 blah. And, you know, it, it is it is what it is. I mean, if anything, I like it. I mean, it, you'd rather have it challenging than easy, right? Yeah, for sure. So what do you tip like what's a casual round, a good round with your buddies, and what do you shoot? Uh at my golf course, the country club would be roughly three under to six under. We'll go with that. Six under to three under, right around there. Um not saying those magical rounds where I mean I'm assuming because you play it every single day, you can come close to breaking that course record. I think it's ten. 10 or 9 under, but, I mean, you know how 
you know how hard those rounds are. So they're just roughly three to three to six under. What's what's your best round, either casually or in competition? If I can go with competition, it would have been I guess you could say six under. Yeah, we'll go with that. It was it was a one day tournament here and I, I, I shot okay. six under here. That would be probably my best round if I had if I had to say. All right. And, and what, what mini tours do you play, Gus? I play on the on the fairway tour. They play out of Oklahoma and uh, the northern part of Texas, as far as Dallas and um, Houston. Um, it's a pretty good tour. I mean, the the, the guys there are pretty uh, laid back. You know, they're they're good. Um, it's not so serious. It's not so cutthroat. Everybody kind of knows each other for the most part. Uh, one thing I like about that that um, that tour and specifically that guy, whoever. I forget his name who uh, runs it. That guy goes for the most absolute hardest golf courses he can find and where he gets all the guys to go play. And it's just like, what in God's name? <laughs> These guys are professionals and they're shooting three over. Like what the heck? Like uh, I think the last one I played at was Walden on Lake Conroe. That was uh, one of the top five hardest golf courses in Texas. I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. I just saw it. I went to it. And I played like I think the first four or five holes and everything was good. And all of a sudden, holes started getting difficult and par fives were just impossible to reach in two. And there's water left, bunkers here, tall trees there. You can't take shortcuts. I was like, what? I, ta- I talked to him. I was like, hey, dude, like, what? great golf course, but, you know, like, uh, like this is the third one in a row. We're like kind of stretching it here. I don't know. But that's that. I guess that's his style. That's, that's, the, way, that's the way he does. They have some events out in Las Vegas and out of state. Uh, you know, with bigger money pots and things like that, but uh, I haven't, I haven't attended uh, one of those. It'd be typically uh, qualifiers or things like that. Well, what's a what's a typical day like? So, I mean, your dad owns a ranch. Uh, I mean, this is not like a, this isn't like a, like a show or anything. I mean, this is who you are. So, like, let's talk about a typical day. Do you work on your dad's ranch? Uh, I do. Uh, but uh, as far as like full time job, uh, I, I definitely don't. Um, that's more of a when you're done with <laughs> when, when you're done working with all the other stuff you got to work on. You still got to make time to go over there and take care of what needs to get done over there. So, so yeah, I, I you could definitely say I do. I, I do help run it and all that good stuff. But I mean, as far as being an, an employee, no, no, I don't do. Um, things like that if anything it's well uh you worked all day on the ranch you know now you earned your meal at dinner type of deal (laughs) do you uh so do you have a full-time job or do you do golf full-time no i i definitely have uh i have a full-time job what do you do i work on a farm uh it's a government funded farm i can't go too much into detail on what goes on and all that good stuff but it's a farm Nonetheless, and uh, sure. with what I said, we do uh, – outside of that, I do uh, landscaping, uh, tree removals, tree trimmings, uh, ranch work, dirt work, um, from fence building to protein building to, you know, to 
foundation work to all kinds of anything you can name on a ranch. I mean, even my cousin John throwing an invoice to go work cows if, if that's what it takes, you know. Um, uh, that takes up pretty much most of my, I mean, not most of my schedule. I mean, you wake up at 5, 5.30 in the morning, you know, you try to get started um, before dark and, you know, right around 2 o'clock, then you go ahead and do those kind of jobs. And on the weekends, typically we'll have more contract projects and things of that sort. Um, bulldozer work, even at that, you know, things things along those lines. And um, any uh, chance of not doing that, I will, I'm pretty much on the short grass practicing and trying to harness my game and getting everything better. By the way, the guys that I work with are very supportive of, uh, you know, the whole golf deal and things like that. And definitely have a lot of faith in me and uh, believing in me and things like that and try uh, try their absolute best to help me out with what I need and as far as things, uh, trying to get things done on the golf course. Um, also work with my family. So, so, like I said, it's my cousin, John. So, typically, I mean, you, you think I'm a cowboy. That guy is full-blown, live, breathe, eat, sleep, full-blown cowboy. Like, it's, like, stupid. <laughs> he ropes, rides, <laughs> got plenty of horses on on his ranch i mean that guy's it's you gotta you gotta think about it man this guy it's it's six o'clock the sun isn't even up yet we're, we're barely getting started this guy starched up got his shirt tucked in already showered up ready to rock and roll drinking his coffee wide awake as can be it's just like like wow like all right like this this guy's and he will outwork a lot of men that i've that i've uh a lot of men that I've worked with. I'm 23. He's just turned 40, and I mean, he probably wouldn't appreciate me saying that. But good God, just even keeping up with that guy, it's, it's. I definitely learned a lot from him as far as carrying on to the way I dress and the way I present myself on the golf course and, and things like that. Um, as far as the clothing, though, I, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people asking why or how did that come about. Um, you know, how does somebody go to a golf course, dress like that and think it's okay? I understand that that's, um, there's a lot of people asking those questions. I can ask, ask, answer those questions if, if you want. I think it's great, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's not typical of, a of, of tip, but I love it. I, but is it just like, it's an important part of who you are. So you want to present that out on the golf course? Absolutely not. It, it was not. It, it, I didn't wake up one day and just say, "All right, this is the way it's gonna go." Like that was that is never that was never the the case. What brought it on? Yeah, I want to hear it. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So, I mean, I don't want to go as far as Batman. I mean, on how he slowly accumulated all these arsenals and tools to his his uh, attire to become this superhero that we all know, but. Honestly, I mean, that's kind of the best way I can put it. Obviously, I ain't no superhero or Batman or anything of that sort. Very, very far from it. But um, so right. it, all, it all started with uh, hitting golf balls six hours a day in, uh, in college in South Texas. So you got to understand, South Texas, it get, in the summers, it gets 105 every single day. So when, when you're young – when yep. you're a young man and you're out there six hours or seven hours a day, 
you know, just beating balls, beating balls, beating balls, practicing, going back and forth. You're, you're outside all freaking day. You're like, you know, this sun is killing me, and this baseball cap is not working worth a darn. And you can do the whole sunscreen deal, but even at that, I mean, it, 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 it can get a little sticky sometimes, and you always got to apply it and things like that. And plus, I, I just wasn't fixed out. I just didn't feel like putting sunscreen on. I mean, I'm go ahead and just say that. And uh, so, I know they make bucket hats for for golfers. I understand that that's that's an alternative. But for some reason, I just could not bring myself to wearing a bucket hat on that golf course. I just could not. I, I didn't think it looked professional. I didn't think it looked very presentable. I, it just it looked kind of like, hey, I'm here to float the river and have a good time type of deal. I, it just, I don't know. So I understood Greg Norman had a hat. Had a hat. So I was like, okay, I'll get myself one of those. Those are, those are fine. I've seen people wear those. I'm not going to look like a complete weirdo. So I wore that for a little while, and uh, I remember taking some footage of, uh, of my golf swing, and uh, uh, I saw it, and I was wearing some black slacks and, you know, a black shirt and all that good stuff. And, you know, it, there was just something about it. I was like, you know, it, yeah, it serves its purpose. It keeps the sun off your head, I mean, off your neck and face. But for some reason, it, it didn't – it just didn't look – presentable it didn't look professional it didn't look um in my opinion just suitable for golf courses if anything like i said it still went back to that hey i'm here to float the river vibe just got myself a five dollar sun hat just put it on you know that type of deal it, it didn't it didn't go with the uniform the, the belt the slacks and all that good stuff it's like you know screw this i don't care it's hot i'm practicing i'm gonna wear my hat my normal hat so I wore my straw hat for most of that uh, summer, and um, eventually, from wearing it to practice every day, it kind of slowly made its way into some tournaments. Not 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 fast, but slowly. I was like, "Well, it's gonna be 100 degrees today. I got a tournament. I wear this every day. I might as well just wear it for the tournament. Screw it." And uh, that it kind of slowly going into things like that, and sure enough. Um, the hat turned into what was it called? Uh, well, so okay, so we got that down. Now, as far as the long sleeve pearl snap, when I go to work every morning because we work in the sun all day, I wear a long sleeve. Uh, it helps, you know, keep the keep the sun off your arms and things like that, and keeps you cool. And you see those people in the Middle East; they're wearing pajamas. Well, I mean, it keeps them cool from that hot desert and things like that. So. Uh, I'd much rather be working outside in a long sleeve than than a, than a short sleeve. I've, I've done it too many times and I get burnt up quick. So I was like, well, if I wear a long sleeve pearl snap to work, you know, why don't I wear it to work on the golf course? So that's when I went shopping, started looking for something suitable. Uh, Wrangler's got a lot of good. Wrangler's got a lot of good, nice pearl snap shirts, things of that sort, and. Uh, I was like, okay, well, this fits, this doesn't fit, you know, this kind of goes with that. Definitely got to get an exercise larger so you can complete your backswing and all that good stuff. You don't want to be limited. don't want to be an idiot. So I went with that. So that matched up with the hat very well. Um, 
and of course, you know, kept me cool and things like that. And, and even at that, uh, vice versa, it's cold. You know, you got, you're wearing a long sleeve anyways, so you're, you, you got two and one. It's hot, you got a long sleeve. It's cold, you got a long sleeve. Um, and it's thin material, so it's not like it. It's not like it's a, a blanket. Uh, next, um, I went shopping for some shoes because you can't wear the whole pearl snapping cowboy hat, and then down at the bottom you got yourself some tennis shoes looking like golf shoes. It just you know, it just doesn't work. Plus, I mean, I've never been a fan of the tennis shoe style golf shoe. That's just not me. So I went with the G4s, and those look very, very suitable with the whole attire, with the black slacks, the pearl snap, uh, the, the, the hat, and all that good stuff. It, it looked very suitable. It was dressy. It was still golf. still professional. And they served its purpose. And they went with the whole thing. Uh, next, I went to look for Wrangler pants that I could wear on the golf course. So that was a little, little tricky. You can't, you, you can't wear a, what's it called? A, a, a jeans on the golf course, but you don't want to wear some tight looking Matt Wolf, stretchy, you know, skinny jean looking type thing. And it, it throws it all off. You got to look from head to toe. So I was all right. I need to get myself some good slacks. So I found at Cavender's these, 10 cup looking slacks made from <laughs> made from Wrangler with a little bit of stretch in them. And I'm like, you know what? They're starched up. They look good. Um, they, they, you know, they, they're wrinkle free, all that good stuff. So, okay. We'll, we'll go with that. So now I had Wrangler, Wrangler golf pants, Wrangler uh, pearl snap. It's okay. And I wore my, my belt at that, my cowboy belt, uh, just to kind of tie it all in. Uh, had the good shoes. And then, like I said, at some point practicing, I used my knife to fix a divot. I was like, all right, that's the last piece of the puzzle. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. So that's how the whole thing kind of came about. It wasn't waking up and, oh, okay, let's, let's just go with this. It, it accumulated over the years of practice and doing work on and off the golf course. It just kind of all somehow tied in and just made sense. You know, the hat keeps the sun off your head, looks presentable, looks professional, um, looks good, looks sharp. Um, you got the long sleeve pearl snap. That looks sharp. That looks presentable. Keeps the sun off your off your arms, all that good stuff. Vice versa in the cold, keeps you warm. Um, you got to have good slacks that goes along with it. Also looks sharp, presentable. Good shoes, good classic shoes. And uh, the knife was just the, the last piece of the puzzle. I was like, well, got started. I'm going to work. Got all my tools ready, and all right, it's rock and roll. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's a it's it's a great. I mean, it's it's perfect for what it is. So, do you have a nickname? Do like your friends that you were playing with, or people at the club? I mean, I've called you the Cowboy Qualifier. That's how all my followers know you now. But Mm -hmm. do you have a nickname, or do do people have, uh, you know, because of the way you dress, do people have a name for you at the course? Uh, no, I mean, it, I mean, yeah, every guy's kind of got a, a nickname, you know, whenever you hang out with those guys every other weekend, it's kind of hard not to get one. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, you make a good putt, it'll be like cowboy or something like that. Um, they call me horse. They call me horse a lot, especially my caddy. Uh, he's, uh, 
he likes to make the uh, we like to make the reference. I'm the horse, and he's a jockey. He's 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 riding me. He's trying to plunge me into victory, and all that good stuff. So that the horse, uh, of course, cowboy, um, and just good old Gus. I mean, it it don't get any simpler than that. Just oh, that's just Gus. Love it. Now, where did the temper come from, Gus? I mean. Like so, I heard you snap some wedges at the last one. Is that always a part of of again, or was that kind of out of character for you? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Anytime a golfer snaps a club, you know it's out of character. We could we could all say that's that's definitely um, the truth. I kind of ate myself up. My mental game wasn't there after I snapped that club, and that was that was pretty much it. That was a very ugly round. <laughs> But what's your goal, Gus? I mean, do you want to – I mean, you want to get to the PGA Tour? How many years do you think it will take? All those kind of things. Oh, I mean, absolutely. You want to want to make it to the PGA Tour. You know, when you're waking up at 5 every morning, you know, working in the hot sun or freezing, freezing cold temperatures, you know, you're, you're, you're sweating, you're busting butt. You, you, you don't really have time to – go out for drinks or anything like that. You've got a whole lot of, whole lot of work to do. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you get in off at five o'clock and then going straight to the golf course and beating golf balls and things like that. And trying to do your best to make it to your next event. And, uh, I'm a very religious man. So I talk with God a whole lot. Uh, Jesus Christ, you know, you, and you go home and you're praying and you know, you just you're kind of repeating the whole process, repeating the whole process, and uh, you you know it. It's almost like I don't have a choice, you know. It you you kind of come this far, and um, there's glimmers of hope here here and there, you know. You're, at at times you're like, man, nobody can beat me, and at times, you know, you're just like, Jesus Christ, I can't even can't even can't even make a birdie. What the heck's going on here? Um, so, so yeah, definitely. Of course, the end result will definitely like to make a living playing professional golf on the PGA tour, uh, of America. Um, but like, yeah, with, with that said, I, I mean, I don't got a choice, man. I've, I've put too much, too much heart, too much work, too much callous, too much, uh, days in the heat, too much, uh, saying, Hey kids, uh, I, I can't go party or I can't do this. I can't go drink. Um, cause I work this weekend and, you know, work Saturday, Sunday, full days. And then you go home, sleep, you know, wake up again and, you know, do it all over again for years and years and years. And so it just, yeah, I, I don't think I have a choice, man. It's, it's kind of the only route I, it's kind of the only route I kind of got. Well, man, uh, this has been a really fun 45 minutes. Uh, you should, uh, you should start your own podcast. You should start your own clothing line because, uh, I mean, people really loved you. Uh, I think it's it's a great part, and uh, I can't wait to see you out there again. Um, the whole story is just is really cool, and uh, I really appreciate you joining me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, I appreciate the time and all that good stuff. Didn't think it would make some waves, but I guess it did. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it is what it is, you know. I love it. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate the time. Yes, sir. Thank you.
Thanks for listening. I mean, that was the Cowboy Qualifier. Everything about that podcast is one of my favorites I've ever done. A farm we can't talk about. The whole history of how the outfit came together. I mean, just everything. I've told Gus that he needs to start his own podcast because the guy's life uh, needs to be recorded. Um, So thanks for listening. Uh, Look forward to what's ahead. Until next week, that's it. Any given Monday. Thanks so much. Thanks again to Good Walk Coffee for supporting me. I just can't thank him enough. Go to goodwalkcoffee.com and use the promo code FIREPIT for 20% off your complete order.